and welcome to another episode of Relatively Relatable. I'm your host, Sarah Chappay. And I'm your other host, Jake Cooley. The Relatively Relatable podcast is a weekly podcast about life, trends, and advice from two people who have no business giving it. If you want to stay connected with us after this show, be sure to check us out on Instagram at Relatively Relatable Pod. So I now understand, well, maybe you don't have this problem, but doing two podcasts, Mm. I never know which intro I'm doing at which time. It's funny you brought that up because last week we did, normally I record my two shows on different days because doing them back to back is a lot of words for me at one (laughs) night. But last week we did, you and I went and then I recorded with uh, the Similar Vein Squad immediately after that. And by the end of it, I was like so dead. (laughs) And then uh, as I was doing the outro for that, I was like, if you want to stay connected with us, be sure to hit us up on Instagram at relative. uh," And I had to like stop and start (laughs) over. Uh, So yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a thing. That's, that's, that's real. Especially when you get in the groove of something. Yeah. I always have to go back and listen to the other one and make sure I didn't say the wrong like title. You know, the right way to do it is to yeah. uh, just record it and then use the same recording every time. Yeah. But I feel like there's some there's some value to like getting a running start. It kind of yeah. like sets the brain properly. Yeah. That's how so, I feel. I don't know. It's it's fine. It works. Yeah. I don't think think <clears throat> I could just be like so jank, like fresh, right. like that's can't do that. Yeah, it I would seem up. abrupt. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) I was just working out. So for those that don't know, I have a heart condition. And so I was on, I was redlining right before this. So I'm a little wobbly Ah. still. Yeah. I can smell you from here. (laughs) So that's it. You're like afraid you're going to pass out during the podcast or... No, I ate right before this. I have peanut oh, butter nice. mouth now. Oof. <laughs> All right. So if but you guys hear like, any tongue smacking, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> like how dogs are. Mm-hmm. Nessie does that. Also, I got Nessie a new bed today, or not today, this weekend. And because the other one is just old couch cushions that I sewed into um, some fabric. And mm-hmm. it was really not looking great. So right. I got our new one and I wasn't sure if she liked it. So we put them right next to each other and we're keeping a tally and she has laid on each one the exact same amount. Mm-hmm. Like she's, she's alternating. I think she likes them both and she's just like, well, here I go. You gave her the option. So now she's going to be accustomed to having both. Well, I don't know what to do. Like I didn't want to get rid of it if she didn't like it. Are they like right next to each other touching like she could lay on both of them at the same time. Yeah, but she hasn't yet. Yeah, well, once she does that, you're boned. You're not going to be able to take one back. <laughs> There's no, one of them is like really smushy and the other one is like firm. It's like couch cushions. So mm. she would be like smushed on one side. She would be very mm. comfortable. Got it. But the other one just like smushes her and yeah. she's like a donut dog. I like donut dogs. Mm-hmm. Dog nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so uh this week uh unfortunately 
we're in March again. <laughs> and um, Too bad. last March seems like an entire dumpster fire ago, which it mm-hmm. was. But mm-hmm. I wish we could say that things have significantly changed since then, but they kind of haven't. <laughs> so we thought it'd be fun um, to talk about kind of the year in review, but not like not in ways that we've done before, but just things that we've learned from this past year mm-hmm. from being in and out of quarantines and, <laughs> and the like, um, we went through an election. That was a thing. Um, <laughs> I, I feel know. like the pre, like the March <clears throat> nostalgia from last time is hitting like, like the smell of spring, I'm like, ooh, driveway drinking. Yeah. Like all those same like it's feelings of like, ooh, maybe I should like go get a Marg to go. Like, right. should I? Or like yeah. popping back up. You're right. And I, I was thinking about that uh, the other day because it's been pretty nice down here um, the last few days. And Every time I go outside when it's super nice out, I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to just mm-hmm. get some Trulies and mm-hmm. sit out in the, the driveway. Mm-hmm. Um, the saving grace is since then, I we have moved into a new apartment. It's in the same complex, but just a different building. And our driveway is not in the sun like my other one was. Uh, so uh, it's not as enticing to just go bask out in the driveway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, been I've been trying to be good, but we're only two, we're two days into March, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. Like there's something about uh I mean, we talked about this in our nostalgia episode, but there's something about seasons that really trigger my mm-hmm. like basal nostalgia levels mm-hmm. and like smells of um fresh air and uh temperature really 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 get me going. What did I say last time? <laughs> it turns turns me on or something. <clears throat> it's that like smell of like spring. Like it has a smell. I don't know what it is, but it does. Yeah. It's like fresh. And the problem is I'm not convinced it's spring yet. Like I'm still waiting for one good cold spell. Don't say that. Don't say that. I'm ready for I'm ready for it to be over. Yeah. Yeah. This winter has been dark and uh the the sad disorder has yeah. been so has been hella real this last fall, this last winter more so than usual just because you know it is what it yeah. is. But. I don't think my mental health could handle another snow right now. <laughs> yeah. I think I would break. <laughs> I yeah. think I would one hundred percent snap. Yeah, I once you get that first dose of vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really hard to go back inside. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to work full days knowing there's like it's sixty degrees out. Yeah, I always like work I, outside. I have unashamedly, I don't know if that's a word, um, stopped working at like four to go on a walk and just like chalk it up to mental health time because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what am I really gonna do in that last hour? Just sit and stare out the window and wish I was on the walk. So it's better yeah. just to go on the walk. Yeah. So. Um, let's go ahead and dive into some, some lessons learned from this last year. Uh, I think, I think there's a lot of overlap between our two lists, (laughs) but, um, do you want me to go first? Kick it off. All right. Get us going. I'll do it. I'll do it. Set the stage. Um, So the first thing, um, I don't know how new really this is, but 
it was really reinforced to me um the first few months where we were like legitimately locked down in my mm -hmm. city and the reinforcement was just how important fitness and diet and like that routine are to me and how much I rely on that for just mm -hmm. like my general mental state. Mm -hmm. um, when the, when the gyms closed here, um, I was fortunate enough to have some friends who have a little home gym built in their basement. Um, and they let us go over and work out there. And I definitely, took advantage of that probably more than I should have. Like I literally <laughs> went every day um, and did, did as much as I could, you know, with just a barbell and some dumbbells and stuff. And um, it was cool because it made me sort of uh, rethink my understanding of like programming and fitness in general, because I, mm -hmm. I wasn't able to do a lot of the stuff that I normally do. Um, so it was fun for like the first couple weeks. Yeah. Um, but there was definitely a point where I was like, okay, I'm definitely ready to get back into a real gym. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I was, I was able to stay active for the most part. And I think that was a huge saving grace for me, not wanting to just like um, control alt delete on life. <laughs> but the thing that um, really the biggest lesson that I learned was my understanding of diet. And I learned I realized my understanding of this by doing it very, very wrong for the majority of like the spring and summer. This um, past spring and summer. Right. Okay. So once quarantine started, um, this was at the time, maybe some of you remember, I, I had made a goal for 2020 to basically get shredded. Mm -hmm. And I was full steam ahead. Um, you know, my ticket was booked to Shredsville. I was on my way. <laughs> and I I got as lean as I have ever, or the leanest I have ever been while maintaining the most muscle I've ever had at that mm -hmm. point in time. So I was like really feeling myself. I was really proud of myself. It's like the first time I felt like I've actually accomplished a physique and diet goal. Yeah. After having just kind of like, trying fad diets and not really understanding what I was doing for a long time. <laughs> and so at the time, my understanding of like weekly caloric intake, um, I kind of took that to the extreme where I thought, because once the pool opened and everything, I was like, well, I want to look good for the pool. So, <laughs> and I'm going to like drink a lot at the pool. So to yeah. save calories for those drinking days on, on the weekends, I'm going to cut out a lot of calories during the bulk of my week. Okay. You're like starving yourself during the week. Yeah. So this is, this is okay for like one or two weeks at a time. Mm -hmm. If you're, if you have like a vacation that you're planning for, or like the whole week before that, just eat super low calorie. Like you're not going to do any damage that way. But for me to have been doing this <clears throat> cyclical thing where like I went back, um, a couple weeks ago to look at how many calories I was eating during that time. Cause I was still tracking all my calories on those super mm -hmm. low days. I was eating no kidding, like under 2000 calories, which for me is um, like starving, literally yeah. eating like lettuce at, for three meals a day. Basically just to keep else. your body moving forward. Yeah. That's like lower I'm pretty sure it's lower than the amount of calories I would require to not die in a coma. 
Like it's super low for me. Um, and for some reason I was just like hung up on this idea of like, well, I need to stay lean because you know, you spent all this time getting here. You're not just going to let this like effing quarantine ruin it because at the Mm -hmm. time I had thought that like it was going to be over soon. Yeah. Like in two to four weeks. So I was like, I don't want to like get fat and then like be peak pool season and you know, have ruined it. The whole pool, pool season, whole pool season thing. I understand how vain it sounds. Okay, but no, just it's funny that you say pool season. It's not like like beach. It's not like you're going to the beach. You know, you're like well, yeah. nah, the yeah. pool. Like pool it just season. sounds funny. Well, because my apartment complex has like a really nice pool. Yeah, kind of like the thing that everybody kind of knows each other around here, and it's because of hanging out with each other at the pool. So like, yeah, there's this like it's kind it of looks a thing like a here. resort pool. Yeah, like it's, it's nice. It's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, it was peak pool season. Um, but what I didn't realize was happening was although my although my weekly caloric totals maybe were working out, the fact that I was doing this cyclical thing, uh, my body was just super confused, and I was not eating enough calories to actually maintain the muscle that I had put mm-hmm. on. So I didn't realize it at the time because I was still so lean. I didn't see how my muscles were getting smaller because all I could all I could focus on was um, the leanness that I was maintaining. Like how and defined s- they were. Right. So come like August when pool season is kind of, you know, tapering down, <laughs> I decided, okay, like I'm back in a normal gym. Uh, it's about to be fall. Pool season's winding down. It's time to like get a, a bulk season going again. Yeah. And I don't know, like, at one point I went back and looked at a picture of myself from the previous August and was just, like, felt like I had had the wind knocked out of me, realizing, mm. like, how much bigger all of my muscles were. Like, I was definitely not as lean, but I could just tell that, like, the quality of muscle mass that I had at that point versus, like, <clears throat> when I had been the same weight the this most recent August, um, I was just carrying a lot more fat. So basically all of the, all of the weight that I had been bulking on post quarantine was just not very high quality because I'd lost so much muscle. Mm -hmm. Um, so all of that to say, I learned like how important just like the consistent sticking to like your diet is to me and how important being in the gym is to me. Um, and it might be to a point where it's not super healthy because I, I re- definitely rely on that for like my mental state a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of caused me this year to have a, a little bit healthier of an understanding of it, I think, where um, I would rather carry a little bit more body fat around knowing that I'm preserving muscle mm-hmm. um, than and strength. Yeah, than. Um, like being super cut down for these strangers at the pool that I don't even really care about impressing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It was just this weird thing. And I think now that I've gotten down that far before, um, I, I don't know that I'll hold it on such high of a pedestal. Like I'll be able to get there. Like we have a vacation booked in May that I want to look diced up for, for that. (laughs) But I think after that week, honestly, I'm just going to go back to maintenance mode. And if I, you know, get a little bit soft, then I don't really care, you know? Yeah. Um, the, uh, 
it, the jury's still out on if my mental state like stays on that train come <laughs> that time when I'm once you see it when I see it again. But um, I am pretty pretty dedicated to doing like a really long, slow muscle gain phase again because um, I'm still not to the point where I feel like I was pre-COVID. And I have a lot of um, imbalances and weak spots that I want to work on. And it's just, you can't really, you can't really um, do that at the same time as trying to stay super lean. So yeah. anyway, that was a lot, um, yeah. but it's just, it's important <laughs> to me, man. Yeah. And I, I literally, I don't think I would have survived COVID um, if when the gym's closed, if I just like didn't do anything, you know, yeah. I would have gone insane. So I'm, I was very glad to still be able to do some of that stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's important, like to mental health too. Like it's not being right. obsessive if it's keeping you sane. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> it's like, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, do you just, should we just, should I just keep going? Yeah, you seem like you're out really on a roll here. I'll oh, let yeah. you just <laughs> buckle right. in. Um, so the next one is a little sentimental, but I do not oh, think I would have survived. Don't I don't think I would have survived COVID season um, if not for my girlfriend. So what? Uh, we <laughs> moved cry. in. We moved in together like a couple months after you know COVID really started. We moved in together. I think in uh, June. Um, oh, was it really? Hmm. Wait, you moved in together once quarantine had already started? Right. No way. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not how I... I okay. Maybe yeah. it was May. It was May I mean, or June. you would remember more than I would. <laughs> yeah, I would. Um, <clears throat> I think it was like the first week of June that we moved in together because I vaguely remember her lease ending in um, the last week of May. Anyway, we moved in together um, during COVID season and um, I was trying to remember where I was going with this. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> so not only were we like going through COVID together, right, but we were also learning how to live together, which was mm-hmm. like, it was kind of an interesting stack up of things, um, mm-hmm. but there was no real like tension or sticking points, you know, it's just, it's just interesting, like learning people's tendencies and learning um, the tendencies that you have that piss people off that they're not actually going to tell you, like you have to kind of be open to that. But um, having another person to like lean on and hang out with and not worry about social distancing because we already lived together Mm -hmm. um, was huge for me, even though like when we moved in together, she had already been back to work and I was working from home. So it wasn't like we were able to hang out all the time, but there was just something about like having another soul in the same household that Mm -hmm. made things feel a little bit better. Just knowing that like, I feel like if I, if it were the same situation, but we had been not living together, like there's still a part of it that would feel super lonely because Like being a guy, you know, how a guy's apartment is. It's not like usually the most homey place. I tried really hard when I was a bachelor to keep my apartment like not just like a a lawn chair in front of the TV. (laughs) But there's just like little touches that I really appreciate, um, you know, that she's added to just the general vibe of the apartment. And then also like 
the fact of having her around is, is pretty nice. So, um, we had, you know, we had basically been living together, um, prior to, and at the very beginning of COVID just like splitting time between two apartments. So it's not like it was all that different, but, Mm -hmm. um, it was like a constant that in a time of chaos was really nice to be able to like hang your hat on. You know what I mean? And what? What? (laughs) That's so sweet. Okay. We're going to have to move on. (laughs) What? It's just like (laughs) precious. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, like I have, I have friends that um, were single and are single through quarantine and they seem a lot less um, stable than, you know, we are. Yeah. And we're pretty self-sufficient. The two of us are super self-sufficient, self-deficient, self-sufficient already. But I I do feel like having each other um, just to like keep each other sane has really helped. Yeah. Well, kind of, kind of related to that point, I learned how important just general social interaction is to me, despite being told my whole life that I'm an introvert and like Mm -hmm. really believing that for a long time. Um, There are introverted aspects of my life, Mm -hmm. meaning mostly in the way of not enjoying high maintenance relationships and like (laughs) not feeling like I need to make friends with every stranger I meet. Yeah. But outside of that, like having friends and being able to socialize and go do things um, Mm -hmm. up until this year has kind of been something that's just built into your life that you kind of take for granted, right? Yeah, you don't like think about it. Right. It's just always there unless you are like antisocial or like super um, socially challenged to begin with, you know. Um, But for me, where that's not really been the case, I've kind of always had that kind of thing going on. Um, So like when our city was mostly shut down, um, we weren't able to go out to eat like we had liked to do, you know, which Mm -hmm. is a big thing that my girlfriend and I, a big way that we spend time together and just like being able to see friends, uh, even though we don't have very many, you know, (laughs) is a major bummer. But once, once we all decided like that it was socially okay to just drink in your driveway, (laughs) Like we started to realize that a lot of other people in the apartment were doing that. And we made some friends, um, through that. And had it not been for that, like we, we would have been so bored. Like, even (laughs) though all we were doing was sitting outside drinking with these basically strangers, like (laughs) we really developed this community, um, which at the time was super valuable. And if it had it not been for COVID, I would have never done. Like I've yeah. never been the kind of person to even care about meeting my neighbors, you know, right. aside from just being cordial if you see him in the hallway. But um, it was to the point where like every weekend, like Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday, we were doing something like yeah. playing bags out in the driveway or cooking out together or playing poker and usually getting super drunk every time. So, <laughs> um I don't know. Just like that social interaction I realized was, was very valuable during at the time. And I don't really hang out with all those people as much now that, you know, life is starting to get a little bit back to normal, but every now and again, maybe once or once a month or so we'll all link up and it's, it's always still kind of fun. So, well, once the the sun comes out, 
Yeah. That nostalgia will probably kick in. Yeah. And like, there's something about just getting home and then walking over to your neighbor's house and just like having a beer, you know? Yeah. Even though I don't drink beer, but that's just like the, um, the vibe proverbial, you know, let's have a beer, whatever. Have it truly together. Um, yeah. So the, the nostalgia is a real thing. I'm starting to feel that again. There's like this gravitational pull over to my, (laughs) my friend's apartment that I just know that, uh, he's probably gonna be drinking out his driveway. So that's fine. Um, the other thing that I had realized is super valuable to me is the ability to get out of town. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't realize up until pretty recently how much I relied on being able to travel as a source of joy or entertainment or just generally feeling like my life is interesting. Um, because just kind of staying around in Kansas city is great. Like I love the city and there's a lot to do, but there's just something about getting on a plane and going somewhere that Mm -hmm. like, it just like fulfills this gap in my soul. I don't really know Mm -hmm. what it is. And it's not like, I'm not trying to sound like I'm a traveler, right? I'm not one of these people that goes to Europe every year or like does anything super fascinating, right? But (laughs) there's just this feeling of like being able, that's when I feel like I can actually disconnect, I think. And like working from home and staying in the same city, I don't ever feel like I'm I'm able to turn off like my work anxiety or Mm -hmm. like just unplug from things for a little bit. And... I was thinking the other day, like, when was the last time, this is going to sound like uh, depressing, but (laughs) I was like, when was the last time that I really felt like happy? Because the last few months, well, really the last year, but especially the last few months that it's been cold and gross, Mm -hmm. I've just had this like, this sense of just not fully happy. And I think a lot of people can probably, like nothing in particular is wrong. I'm not really going through any sort of loss or trauma, but I just Mm -hmm. don't feel happy. And I think Mm -hmm. probably a lot of people can relate to that. So I was thinking, when was the last time I really felt happy? And I realized that it was, um, the, the fall before, uh, 2020. So fall of 2019, where, you know, I was working this job, which I would, I'm passionate about, but then almost every weekend I was out of town. And so my weekends at that point became like, you know, I'd work Monday through Thursday or Monday through Friday, depending on where I was going. And then I would either drive to Lincoln or we would go to Oklahoma City or, you know, I'd get on a plane and I'd fly to Washington or North Carolina or, you know, these places that I was playing shows. And I felt like that was the first time in my life that I was living the life that I actually wanted to live. Yeah where I had my job and I had my career, but then I also had like my second life of Mm -hmm. a musician and like flying into shows and playing these shows and being able to go see family and deciding to go see friends. Like that was the same fall that I kind of on a whim just decided to go visit one of my friends in a different city, which is Mm -hmm. a thing I had never really done before. Cause I just had too much stuff going on. And then You know, I went from doing that super regularly for the, you know, three or four months to not being able to do any of it for a year, like not being able to play any shows. Um, Anytime you go see family, it's like this circus of hoops you have to jump through because you don't Mm want to get anyone sick and you want to make sure that um, everyone is safe. And then 
when you're actually there, it doesn't actually feel all that great because it's yeah, it this, feels like, so weird. You're walking on eggshells because you're afraid just of the circumstance. So, um, I'm very much looking forward to the day where things like that can happen again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's starting to get that way. Like I said, we have a, a trip planned in May that, um, no matter what I'm going on because I need it. <laughs> um, I have a trip coming up here pretty soon, actually, that um, we we have been trying to do, this group of friends and I have been trying to do um, probably three or four times in the last six months and every mm-hmm. time, like two or three days before, we have to cancel it because someone gets COVID or someone was exposed or there's just like yeah. something that happens and... We almost ran into that again this week, but we're just powering through it. Like we're making it work. Um, it's not going to be ideal, but we all just need, we all need the <laughs> the yeah. thing to happen. Yeah. Um, so we're doing that, but I, I can't wait for the day. And I think um, I'm going to try to be a lot more intentional when that day comes to seize those opportunities to like take Friday off and go out of town or just. So you know, when I invite you to something. the lake, you're going to come. Well, that's a little different because I don't want to spend seven hours driving. Mm. There's a difference between me taking Friday off and flying out Thursday night and getting there Thursday night and being there all weekend. Or like you dr- fly to North Platte. I'll pick you up. <laughs> little puddle jumper. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll just start um, making you drive to the Ozarks then. How about that? It's like the okay. same distance from Lincoln as it is from me After to North Platte. Driving from Arizona to North Platte, I will drive anywhere. Yeah. Well, I won't. So <laughs> I'll meet you in Lincoln. It's way easier. Okay. Um, so yeah, travel. I really hope this isn't just me rambling the whole time, but Well, I'll ramble next. Okay. Um <laughs> the next thing, uh, since COVID is not the only thing that happened in the last year, um this was the first year that I feel like I was really trying to stay in tune with the political climate and like the social climate, mm-hmm. mostly because there was no escape from it. Um, so I figured if it's going to be in my face, I might as well try to be present. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean I liked to talk about it or share my opinions or really let anyone share their opinions with me about it. But I was, <laughs> I was just trying to stay informed as much as I could and the biggest takeaway that I took away from Mm -hmm. the last year is how insanely divided our country is. Mm -hmm. And I think this was a, an awakening for me. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think this is one of the things that really played into like my depressive state from like October until basically now. Mm -hmm. Um, just kind of this idea that I had in my head of, you know, from growing up, I'm not going to say that I was like, we were sheltered from political opinions or anything, but it's not a thing that I thought of or really cared about mm-hmm. even up until like through college. Like there was an election when I was in college um, and I basically didn't care at all about it mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Um, and I feel like had it not been for COVID, I would have had that same mindset about uh, this change of the guard as well. Like I just would have let it happen. And for the most part, that's still what I did, but I actually voted this time. Um, I mean, that's pretty much all you can do. (laughs) That was a nice change. And I tried to like, I tried to develop, I actually tried to develop opinions based on like 
fact and my experiences and the way like trying to develop my own lens to perceive the world through. Mm -hmm. Whereas before it had kind of been pre-prescribed to me as like, well, you live in Nebraska, you grew up in Kearney, you know? So these are Mm -hmm. the things that you're probably, you grew up in the church. These are the things that you're supposed to believe and and Mm -hmm. hold true. And it was kind of the first time that I had realized that a lot of those pre-programmed ideas didn't, didn't really align with the way that I actually felt about things. And this weird kind of, I don't know, mental shift that I made. It was like a lot to go, a lot to happen in a short amount of time. I feel mm-hmm. like, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know w- what the value of that is, but I think I became very, very discouraged just knowing how, how much division there is in our country about things that shouldn't even be a conversation. Yeah. You know, um, those are the things that really like bother me and it bothers me how much division there is about, um, just like simple facts and like science and logic and reasoning. And Mm -hmm. the fact that it seems like there is no, there is no conversation to be had with some people. Like some people just are going to believe what they believe and, you have to just kind of let them do that and not yeah. let it dictate anything about your own life. Um, but it's really hard. It's really hard. And I, I mean that about like, I'm in this position where I can look at both sides of the divide and think everyone is dumb equally. <laughs> you know, I think there's a lot, I think there are, there are ways or the ideal is to meet in the middle on things, you know, and there are some things that one side has that I don't agree with. And there are things that the other side has that I don't agree with. And it, it bothers me that people act like you can't, um, you can't be that way. Like you have to pick a side and mm-hmm. everybody's, everybody's more concerned about being right than they are about the actually the greater good. Mm-hmm. It seems like, mm-hmm. and that bothers me. So I'm going to leave it at that. Um, it's discouraging and it really played into my depression of the last like six months. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm glad the sun is out now. So I don't have to think about it anymore. (laughs) And scene. Yeah. Okay. Those are my things. Uh, you can, you can rant now. Wow. Um, you were way more thoughtful on your answers. Mine are not because that's funny because I wrote these all like three minutes before we started. <laughs> um, so basically last week I had an, an like a very big mental break because I work like I've worked from home like two years before the pandemic hit. So I was like, oh, I've got this like you fools don't know what's coming. But what I did not realize is because I worked from home, how much I depended on things outside of the home, like going to a coffee shop or like going out for drinks or dinner or hanging out with friends or whatever, or like going on trips. And so then, you know, I had my Ironman, like I was really like powerhouse right up until, and then the minute Mm. it like all was taken away, my business changed. So I was like learning a new business. I was rebuilding my business from the ground up, was not training anymore. I was like, I'll be fine. (laughs) And last week was the culmination of a year of saying, I'm fine and Mm -hmm. not being fine at all. So I told Stefan last week, I said, listen, I cannot 
stay home anymore because either COVID's going to kill me or I'm going to kill myself. And <laughs> so I, <laughs> I had to do something every single night. And then I did something Saturday and I felt like a completely different person. Mm. But I feel like this week I'm coming down off that high and I feel like yeah. almost worse now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like depressive worse. Yeah. Okay. But this is what I've learned. So I am absolutely unmotivated when I don't have a schedule. I already knew this about myself, but I did mm. not realize it was this bad. I did mm-hmm. not realize how bad, this, how bad it was. <laughs> this time last year, I led a workshop. I led two workshops actually on how to be productive and how to set goals. And then the second one was how to be productive while working from home. I was like a speaker for this like group. Mm. I have not lived up <laughs> to that at all. I have yeah. I have let them down. I was thinking about that today. Like I, my gosh, I should get my notes and see what I had written for that because I said like, uh, leave the house and like enter in through your back door. So it makes it feel like you're le- leaving home and going to work. Is that a thing you, you've done? Uh, no, but that's something people were recommending for the pandemic to start for people who were transitioning to working from home. Huh. I've always worked like really like jobs that allowed you to work from home. Yeah. So I never needed a transition into it, but people like Stefan who went from working five days a week, you know, they, because that was when we thought, oh, this will be two to four weeks. So like, right. let's keep us in this right. routine. So that was like one of my tips, getting dressed like you normally would for work. Wow. No, <laughs> I, I've I had to throw clothes while. away because they, I really wore them down. Yeah. I remember um, right at the beginning, I, uh, because I didn't have a coffee maker and I relied on, I don't know that I relied on the caffeine, but just the routine of drinking coffee. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so like for the first week of working from home, I would get up earlier than I got up previously mm-hmm. so that I could drive to Starbucks. Like I got mm-hmm. dressed just for something to like feel mm-hmm. like I was checking something off. Yeah. Drove and got Starbucks and then, uh, yeah, that didn't last very long because it was not sustainable. No. But <laughs> no. But that's like something I'm doing now a year later to like mm. keep me going. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there was, I can't remember what all the other ones were. Oh, make like a to-do list of everything you have to do for work and everything you want to do for like home and like just get it out of your brain and then, mm. but don't like feel like you have to do all of it, but it's just good to like data dump it. Nope. Mm. I don't do that. I, I threw my planner away. It was not used. <laughs> it was empty. Wow. And after, I used to be like, after berating me for not using a planner. Oh, I don't have anything to write in it. Oh, it's depressing yeah. now. I'm just like, get up. Yep, did that. <laughs> okay. See you. See Maybe. you later. I wouldn't even. Um, do that. And I was looking through my old 2020 planner and it was like packed. Like I, I had everything color coded because of how busy I was and yeah. all of this. And then literally March hit empty, empty all the way to December. And I was like, what? Mm. So that was really I Sorry to all my fans. I've not lived up to. Yeah, your you're such a poser. I know. Um, okay, the other thing I've learned is how easy it is for me to fall into comfort eating and drinking. I already, like I said, knew this about myself that I'm a comfort eater. Mm. Food is my comfort space. Like my mom said when I was a kid, I used to be like, "Mom, can I have a cookie." Like sweets, carbs, decadence, 
cheese is like all, I mean, everyone's like, yeah, but I'm like, that is like, if I'm sad, I eat. If I'm happy, I I eat. If I'm stressed, I eat. And I watched a TikTok actually that said you need to learn not to do those things when you're sad and happy because then it's just coping. And I was like, I don't like this. I I don't know who you're talking to. How's it coping if you're happy? Because it's this, this, your body, like your brain doesn't know. Like if you're sad, you eat cookies. If you're happy, you eat cookies. Right. So no matter what emotion you do, you eat cookies. Rather mm. than if I'm sad, I go for a walk. If I'm happy, I do this. So then you're, mm. you can like distinguish these like I see. habits. Yeah. Um, so when my Iron Man got canceled, I was very much in denial still. I was like, oh, well, you know, I'll still be able to do it. I'll take a couple of weeks off and I'll still peak. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no. And so then once I finally admitted to myself, I wasn't doing it. I cried for about four days straight and then I drank an entire box of Trulies. And I don't think I stopped doing that until about two weeks ago. And then I drank again pretty much every day last week until mm. I couldn't see straight. Yeah. You know, the weather's great again. I got to yeah. got to kick it back, back up. Back on the horse. And man, my joints freaking hurt now. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I drank so much. Like it's literally the most I had ever drank in my life like cumulatively. Yeah. Like we would on the days that we were in the driveway, which sounds so <laughs> white trash, but in the driveway for like all day, we would kill like two bottles of champagne, mm-hmm. a whole box of Trulies and like put a good amount of dent, a good dent into a bottle of rum. And this is just mm-hmm. me and my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Like we weren't with anyone at this point. Just we would walk <laughs> to the liquor store. One time we walked to the liquor store and the guy was like, you guys are back already? Because we had been there already <laughs> that day. <laughs> like, yeah, what else are we doing today? And I like didn't really get hangovers for some reason that I remember. But now if I have like two drinks, I feel like mm-hmm. shit the next day. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but yeah, so um, I've learned that like my first instinct is to like, I wouldn't say I'm an alcoholic, but I think it's just because of this year, it's like I have nothing else to do, so I might as well drink. And so if I'm bored, it's like, oh, I might as well drink. And it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, come on, like maybe drink some water. Like you haven't had any water today. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So yeah, and like last week wasn't really about like comfort eating or drinking it was more about like leaving the house and doing and getting dressed and like feeling like myself again um I also learned how I cannot entertain myself I feel like a three-year-old who has only grown up on their iPhone Mm. because I've become reliant on my phone to the point where my eyes hurt and my brain feels like I microwaved a yeah freaking play-doh brain noodles Brain, brain worms. That's brain what we worms. It. And like even today I did it. I really so we like launched our stuff last week and the week after. I always don't really have a lot to do. And you should normally take that as like a day off. You right. know, like I could have like done lawn laundry <laughs> or like gone outside or anything. And I just sat on my freaking little screen while I had the big screen playing yeah. something I'd already seen before. Right. And like, I just can't like be alone with myself. Mm. Like not because I'm afraid of my thoughts because like I've been through therapy, like I know it's in there, Mm -hmm. but it's just, I don't want to, I've done it for two years before COVID Mm -hmm. and now it's even worse. Yeah. Like 
it's just, I don't want silence. I've never liked silence. It like stresses me out. Yeah. I don't know how to explain that. But like when I was a, yeah, when I was a kid, I hated it too. I always have to have like the TV on or something. And so I've just learned that like, if I'm bored or I don't have anything to do, I get on my phone. Mm -hmm. I could read a book, but I just, that takes way too much thought process, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, no, I get you. I, this is a thing I've noticed as well. Didn't make my list for some reason, maybe because I don't want to admit it, but one of my, (laughs) one of my resolutions, it wasn't resolution, just a, a thing that I wanted to do in my 25th year of life is not be on my phone so much Mm -hmm. like in public because I'm the same way. Like my default is um, my phone. Like if Mm -hmm. I'm uh, at like at the bar by myself waiting for someone, like I'm just on my phone, you know, Mm -hmm. like very closed off. Um, If I'm waiting in a waiting room, I'm just on my phone constantly on Mm -hmm. my phone. And I had noticed that like, I, I saw this like string of pictures from my birthday weekend the previous year. And every picture, instead of me being present with the people that were there to celebrate my birthday with me, I was on my phone. God, I don't even know what I was doing because mm-hmm. everybody that I cared to be with was already there. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know who I was texting or what I was doing. Um, and so I've been trying to be better about this, but uh, it's definitely hard when you're like at home at night. And yeah. like, it's definitely gotten worse now that I've gotten on TikTok. So thank you for that. <laughs> Yeah, except now I'm getting to the point where I just like don't even watch the TikTok. I'm just like, uh, uh, like yep. I'm just brain dead. And it's just because I need constant stimulation. Or if a video is 45 seconds long, I'm like, too long. Yeah. I'm not going to watch it. Like, I have no attention span. I'll pull up YouTube videos and just like keep clicking through like 10 second, 10 second. Like, yeah. Skipping Way through. I'm like, I'm not getting anything out of this. I'm just no. watching the pixels fly by. <laughs> yeah. Um, like you said, people are the worst. I've never experienced, um, like I've never been huge into politics. I've, I'm always opinionated though. Like I know, I think where I stand on like what I believe in my convictions, but I've never like had to make a conscious decision about politics. Mm. And this was the year that I had to. And there were nights that I was like sick to my stomach and like didn't know what to do with like how I felt. Mm. And I think it's just because I never had to. I never had to decide what hills were worth ending friendships over or, right, you know, things like that. And like now I have to think that way. And like especially as we get older and we're thinking of like having kids, like what am I willing to like raise my children around mm. or whatever? Or what type of world do I want my kids to be raised in? Mm. And... Like that, like there, there was like literally nights I was up till like 4am just like, I was just so stressed out about like the things of people that I knew were saying and were not only saying like to me, but about things that like could be tied back to me just because of my like affiliation with them. Right. You know, and like as a business owner, how am I like, what am I standing for? Like, who am I? letting represent my business and my business is small, but it still matters. Like, yeah, yeah. I've seen the internet take down businesses a lot smaller than mine mm-hmm. for a lot less than like mm-hmm. maybe they should have. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like very stressful how to navigate that and how to still navigate it. And basically like I just looked to the people who I uh, look up to and 
I was very impressed with some of the people that I follow and trust and have, they've built trust with, you know, through their brand they I've built trust with them and how they were willing to like risk their business for standing up for what's right and what's wrong. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, if they're willing to do it too, I can't mm-hmm. say I'm not, mm-hmm. but that's like a hard thing. Like I've never had to do that before. Yeah. Um, for sure. Yeah. And people, I just, man, I can't even, I can't get on social media, but I have to be on it. <laughs> so I pretty much am just in this cycle of mass hatred towards myself. Mm. Yes. Mm, that sweet I know spot. This, I know this well. <laughs> um, I am also a thousand percent a better person when the sun is out. The Amen. sun came out today and I was like, oh, today is a good day. Yeah. And then I sat on my phone inside <laughs> all last, day today. Last Friday, uh, it was super nice out and I uh, I stopped working early and I went for like a two hour walk and mm-hmm. it's like the... It, I texted my buddy and I was like, dude, this is the, this is going to sound super cheesy, but this is the first day in a long time that I actually feel like sort of okay. Yeah. Cause I like, it's the first time I've had a chance to just kind of like think and like, mm-hmm. I found myself smiling, just feeling the sun rays hitting my face. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is pretty nice. It's pretty Goodness. nice. Out. Yeah. So me and my friends are planning a brunch day Saturday that we're just going to oh. sit outside because it's supposed to be like 62 <laughs> and we're getting all dressed up mm-hmm. just to sit outside because it's like 60s in Nebraska. So that's not like, you yeah. know, you can be kind of dressed up still and not sweat through your freaking clothes. Right. So I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, one of them is vaccinated. So we're, we're going for it. <laughs> yep. Got to take advantage of those vaccinated people. I know. Uh, so then the next one is how much I really need human interaction. Like I've kind of already said, I really thought I was an introvert because I thought I recharged by uh, being alone. But I think COVID has rewired my personality and I become recharged around people. Like mm. I said this last week, like I did something Monday and then, and by something, I mean, I was with Stefan, but we were just not home. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like I wasn't with like a huge group of Out people. Yeah. I was with people that are like I live with or my mom who is vaccinated and I see every day also. You know what? Not that I have to like explain myself, but <laughs> I feel like I have to. About seeing your mom every day? Well, just like people being like vaccinated. You're the reason that it's spreading. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to slip my wrist if you don't shut up. <laughs> Like, so that, that is one of those things that I feel like is discouraging when you can't meet in the middle about something like you can understand the facts and make a decision that best fits like your circumstance. Like for Mm -hmm. us, we're young. Uh, we're going to be fine if we get it, but that doesn't mean that we're going to go out licking doorknobs at the, at the bar (laughs) and then go home for Christmas, you know? So like, right. It's okay. Like to me, I mean, I understand because not a lot of people are actually capable of understanding dynamic risk mitigation, right? Where wow, like, wow, that was a huge. <laughs> I just mean like where where you can feasibly change your behavior based on the circumstances. Meaning, mm-hmm. like when I don't, when I'm not planning on going to see, you know, my parents that are of an at risk demographic because of their mm-hmm. age or seeing, you know, other family members or, or just people in general, like I'm a little bit more laxed, you know, I go to the mm-hmm. gym, I still go out to eat, whatever those mm-hmm. things I feel like have to happen. But, mm-hmm. 
you know, three or four weeks ahead of when I'm going home for the holiday, I'm like way more strict. And that's, I feel like that's okay, you know? And I also feel like it's okay to establish your own small bubble. Like we did that with a couple of our friends and it was fine. None of us got COVID during that time. Like uh, we, we didn't get exposed to COVID until after all the holidays when everything mattered, you know? Yeah. It's because we were, had our small bubbles and we didn't, you know, we were all responsible within our bubble. So don't, moral of the story is I feel like you don't have to feel bad and you don't have to explain yourself. Okay. It's <laughs> okay. fine. Okay. Ugh. So I don't really remember what I, oh, so yeah, I did it something once, once a, oh my gosh, every day last week, except I think Tuesday. And I literally felt like I had a, like a, uh, like, energy hangover all day Sunday I was just like a zombie because I was so overstimulated from just like not being at home and not being on my phone like Mm -hmm. I wasn't on my phone during the day because I was working and then I would like go do something Mm -hmm. and so I had no time to like be thinking about like oh my god did I get enough likes did I like post enough and it was like my brain had a chance to like unswell Mm -hmm. but then I like re- did everything this week. I was just like injecting TikTok into my freaking soul. Mm, Yes. But so, yeah, I think now I'm like an extrovert, but I will, I'll be interested to see how that changes as stuff opens back up. If I'll need to like come home and regenerate again, but yeah. Oh, I don't know. Um, and that kind of leads me into my last one that like, it's very easy for me that I've learned to allow the comfort now to suck me in rather than be like, okay, maybe I will go out for like a couple drinks rather than just be like, no, I'm just like, it's just easier to stay home. Like just Mm. being really lazy and depressed, like allowing that to rule my thought process or like, oh, hey, you know, like my mom, hey, do you want to come over for like dinner? Just being like, "Uh, I'd have to like leave the house and get out of bed get out of bed and like drive over to your house and then (laughs) sit on your couch, which is not the same as my couch. And like, I'm used, like I've even noticed it in the mornings where I'm just like, I wake up at like eight and I just like roll over and get on my phone and I'm just like, what's the point? (laughs) Why, why do I even like, yeah, get out of bed. It's a real, I'm just going to do it tomorrow. It's a real thought. I've had, I had the same, especially on Mondays, man, Yeah, (laughs) I'm just like, or Sunday, I got Sunday scaries. I never used to have that feeling until recently. And I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to spend another eight hours in that freaking room across the hall and just, just sit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like I was making coffee And I was like, I have a little whisk to like make a latte Mm -hmm. and I was making my latte and I was standing there and I got this feeling like I was just here. I was just doing this, but it was, it was the day before. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I get up, I, you know, do the exact same routine every day. And then I just go and sit on the couch and Mm. stare at. I mean, and to be fair, like a lot of my job is done on my phone. So even if I'm like, I'm on my phone, but it's like. I have to be or I'm on my iPad or my computer, or whatever the technology of choice is that day. Yeah. It, it's kind of this weird, like working from home the last year has been this weird cycle of like you clock into a job that pays you just to be able to stay home and work at that job. 
you know, whereas, yeah. whereas before, like if you go to the, it's easier to separate the two things. When you go to the mm-hmm. office, you're like, I'm doing this so that I can live at this house, you know, mm-hmm. and have this life outside of this. But when the lines are all blurred, you're like, am I literally just working to work? You're working to live, to exist. But you're exist, like you're existing to work. You know, like the the cycle, the cycle when you're just stuck working from home and never leaving, like when you, when the city is shut down, but you're working from home, the only purpose that the money that you're making is to sustain you and like Mm -hmm. pay for your office that you're working. It's like this, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. just cycle cycle. Yeah. It's disgusting. I saw this. It is disgusting. I saw this TikTok um, that was saying like, basically you work so that you can go to the store, buy groceries, put it in your fridge, take it out, chop it up, cook it, put your dishes in the dishwasher, take them out, put them back in the cupboard and then wake up and do it all over again. Yeah. Like you're, ba- you're working just to like exist, like live, right? like live a sustainable life. Which is not new, but I just feel like. No, but that's weird. <clears throat> I feel like the, the added weirdness of now you're paying your rent or your mortgage is also your office. Yeah. Like for me, like I'm, I'm doing this job for a company, right? Yeah. But I'm doing it from home. So they're paying me to support my office. It's like, it's like a company paying you, but you have to build, provide everything. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's just this weird, like we, we rented this apartment specifically so that it had an extra room for me to work from home. So like, had it not been for that, we may be like saving money because we wouldn't have rented as large of an apartment. Oh my gosh. So I mean, it's like this weird Bennett- thing that I realized the other day. <laughs> I'm like, all I'm doing is getting paid to like show up to this job. Yeah. Like I'm getting paid to be able to work. Yeah. I know how like obvious that sounds, but the fact that yeah. like I'm using the internet that I pay for, mm-hmm. the computer monitors that I've bought, you know, mm-hmm. like I could have brought home my work computer, my, my work monitors, but I have to use those when I go to the office. So I, it, was, it wasn't worth it. The desk that I paid for, my chair mm-hmm. in this office that I'm renting basically. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's weird, man. It's stone, yeah, the benefit of, <laughs> of being my own boss is I get to write all that off. Yeah, but I don't. Like, <laughs> I know, that's what I, so I was talking to Stefan about that. I was like, taxes are going to be weird this year because like, like I, I can write off like internet for mine because I work from right. home and I can do that. But like Stefan can't, but he mm-hmm. uses our internet to work from home. Like mm-hmm. how that can't, you should be able to write that off, mm-hmm. but he can't. So it, I, I write it off Yeah, because we both use it. But yeah. It's just like, there should be like a bubble that says like worked from home, write everything off. Here's a fat check. Yeah. But like, just because it's not your business, that, you know, I know and like, but I, it's weird. I, I'm not trying to, <laughs> I just, I'm not trying to be like, like, uh, anti-work. I'm not one of these people, right? That thinks people should just be able to exist and not work. I do. But I just think it's so much easier to feel like it's worth it when it's separate from your your actual life, you know? Yeah. Like I, 
Never mind. It's okay. I get you. Yeah. And that, like, I got that way before COVID because I work from home. So I wake up, I work, and then I just stay in where I was working. Like, I don't have a separate space to go to. That's why going to a coffee shop was like a lifesaver, even if it was once a week. But I don't have that option anymore. And like, I kind of do now, but, you know, you get the like looks (laughs) and like the glares. And it's just like, I was about ready to walk out into traffic this morning, but instead I came here. So what it, would you rather yeah. have me do, man, that doesn't know me. So right. yeah, I've realized that my mental health is a lot weaker than I was, you know, hoping that it wasn't, but yeah, me too. The sun's coming out. So maybe, maybe we're on my, on my way to rebooting and put that sun bandaid back on and everything will be okay <laughs> yeah. for the next six yeah. months. Cause I was sitting in the art. So that's another thing. My gym is also here. My work is here. My home is mm. here. I literally never leave my it's little cocoon much. of a house. Yeah. Yes. And I was sitting in the garage and I was like, my God, am I always going to feel this way? Just like right. this groundhog day. Like, you know, when Squidward moves into that like complex and they're the yes. exact same thing and you slowly see him just like lose his will to live. And it's all things that he loves, but then he starts yep. to hate all those things. I'm at the tail end of Squidward. Yeah. In that, this is not a cry for help. So no I, one texts me well, and be like. Here's the thing. I think a lot of people will be able to relate to that. If anyone has yeah. made it to these last 10 minutes that have actually been meaningful, <laughs> I think a lot of people are going to relate to that. The other stuff I feel like was just cathartic for, for us. Oh, well, hopefully people will relate to that also. True. So. Okay. Well, I could keep going, but. Every week, Jake and I do a go-to for the week. So, Jake, what's your go-to this week? Um, I have mixed feelings about admitting this. Okay. okay. I don't know why. There's just such a, like a douchebag connotation to EDM music. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but there is. And But lately, my go-to gym playlist um, has been just like the stock spotify workout edm playlist i'm mm-hmm. pretty sure that's literally what it's called <laughs> there are some bangers on this playlist Bang-ring. like there was there was one that i was mid mid reps on in a, a a particular lyric that um i'm trying to think if i can repeat it on here basically they said f being normal <laughs> Nobody got <laughs> nobody got a GD award for being average or something like that. Mm. And like mid workout, I was like, "Oh, f you! I'm, I'm here. I'm <laughs> doing this." And I pumped out like an extra six or eight reps. And I was like, "Dang, Dang I have not been pushing myself hard enough because this one song just like doubled my output." Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a few songs on there that that I I will um, recommend maybe more explicitly at a later time, but cause I can't remember what they're <laughs> called right now. They all have such <laughs> weird names, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you're in a rut and you need some high energy music, just get over the stigma of EDM and, uh, do the EDM playlist thing. It's, it's pretty dope. I might have to do that, mm-hmm. but I am going hard for that machine gun Kelly playlist. Yeah. It like taps into my 13 year old angst and I put it in. I'm like, that's a pretty powerful, yes. That's usually what I rely on. Like I listen to a lot of the old screamo bands that I listened mm-hmm. to when I was a teenager, and that gets me like eighty percent of the time. But uh, <laughs> I can only listen to Under Oath like so many. <laughs> I can only listen to those like those albums so many times through before I'm just mm-hmm. it's just background noise. So yeah, 
Yeah. What's your go-to this week? Um, I really don't have a lot to say that I'm going to besides TikTok, but mm. this week Stefan's been buying LaCroix Ugh. and I've been having a hard time getting my water intake because it's just been wine or coffee. So LaCroix has really been doing it for me to make me feel like I'm doing something yeah. like healthy. You know, also today I made pumpkin pancakes and yeah, those, those hit those hit different. Um, I was really just like, I need to use this pumpkin puree up. Otherwise it's going to get moldy and I don't want to throw it away. Mm -hmm. And I was like, let's see, let's try this. Let's, you know, mm -hmm. had no, I had no recipe and I just like zhuzhed it. it up. Yeah. And nice. So LaCroix and pumpkin pie pancakes in the spring. There you go. There you go. All right, guys. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of Relatively Relatable. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and write a review of our show if you haven't already. And if you want to stay connected with us, you can find us on Instagram at Relatively Relatable Pod. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.